Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is episode 49. I am Britt. I'm Craig. Craig, all sorts of stuff is going on. Mandatory mini camps have started. Players are holding out. We already have a mystery injury to talk about. But first, we're going to start where we always start. Craig, I have handed you a cartoonish looking can. You did. From one of our favorite breweries. This is a tall can. It is a tall can. Uh, and so I have handed you a can of Typecast, which is a farmhouse IPA. It is a collaboration between uh, Two Roads, our favorite brewery, or one of my favorite breweries. Sponsor hashtag us. Sponsor us. <laughs> and Lawson's Finest Liquids, also another one of our favorite breweries, um, the guys who make Sip of Sunshine. Uh, they collaborated to make this. We actually, I actually met the guy from Lawson's. What the hell is his name? <laughs> It's on the can. Uh, Sean. Sean Lawson. I met Sean <laughs> at um at the, the whatchamacallit, the event we just did. Um, Gathering the Vines. Yes, thank you. He was there serving his stuff and was tickled pink to hear that we liked Sip of Sunshine. So this is, so Sean is an IPA guy and Phil Markowski is a farmhouse guy. So this is their collaboration on both. And here goes Craig for it. He's taking his first sip of this. I've had a couple of these already, so... Ooh, he looks puzzled. He doesn't know what to make of the flavor palette. And he's cleansing his palate and going back. It is a unique beer. Oh, he's thinking. He's thinking, he looks like me. Is this what I look like when I'm trying to figure out a beer? It must be. Yes. Okay. All right, so tell the people what you think. Wow, it's... Um, I don't know. Usually I can come up with a flavor pretty quick, but this is different. There's mine. Um, you know, there's no like fruit or anything in this, but it has this smell. Like when you open the can, there's a smell of the IPA. Yep. But then you drink it and it, your brain is still expecting an IPA. And then it automatically turns into like a smoother farmhouse ale. Like a set, like a, like Like a Saison. Yeah. It kind of tastes like an IPA version of uh, workers comp. There you go. What I said to folks is it tastes like sip of sunshine and workers comp had a baby. And that's essentially what it is, because that's the two breweries that make it are, are those two. Fantastically tasty. It is it's different. Different. Don't get used to it. It's limited. Of course. Um, and it's four dollars a can. And we all know how <laughs> much beer is really going that way. It's, everything is 16 ounce cans and four packs. And yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and it's and let me tell you this. It is not as sweet. It is drier off tap. Really? So you need to go and have one off the tap. The first thing we did when we tried it, and, and Christy had this last year when we were over at um, uh, Two Roads for something, and um, they'd made a limited batch of it, and they made another one this year because it was so popular. But uh, when we brought home the four-pack that night, I popped open a can, and my first response was, this almost tastes sweeter out of the can than it did on tap. And you know what? I like it both ways. So... This is a this is a definitely a four and a half star beer for me. I'm untapped. I really recommend it. If you have this opp- opportunity to try Typecast, uh, where Two Roads or Lawson's is sold near you, please do so. Very very tasty. So okay, burning hot take questions. Here we go. I am gonna give to start, and okay. my first topic is beer. Okay. My wife sent me a tweet today. She also copied you on it. You may or may not have seen it. Um, I'm guessing you didn't. I did not. Okay, good. An individual created a meme in which he made the following statement. IPAs, India Pale Ales, our favorite, probably our favorite form of beer. IPAs 
are to white guys like oh crap it just flew <laughs> out of my head <laughs> wow wow forget it now it, it totally lost okay all sorry all right no, all yeah, right let's, let's say it. that's the take bar okay ipas uh, are to white men okay as pumpkin lattes are to women nah. but i know a lot of people that like beer but the ipa yeah, the guy was a the lot guy, of people the, I know that I work with aren't white like IPAs. Okay, so the guy's make, point was like it's, that it, makes no sense to me. We told we, we joke about how people like go nuts for pumpkin spice lattes, and a lot of them are female. And, I, and see, and I have a weird pumpkin rule in my life, so I can't. Really oh, say here we go either. with the freaking pumpkin rule. Go ahead, so, tell the people. My weird pumpkin rule is that I enjoy pumpkin flavored things, not necessarily the lattes, but like anything anything pumpkin, pumpkin spice, right? Um, so my thing is I only have pumpkin related things from September to at the max January, but Rosemary's baby comes out in August. It does. So I buy it and then don't drink it. Yeah. And by the time you've had your first Rosemary's baby, I've been through a case. a case of it. I know. Yeah. I, know. I mean, I think that literally was the truth last year. I brought a case of it home and I offered you some and you were like, no, it's not a, it's not a month that ends in B.E.R. So I can't do it. <laughs> hey. So okay, so you What's disagree. Life whimsy? You disagree. You I know, disagree. I, I'm not a fan of generalizations, particularly gender or race label generalizations. But I kind of found that funny. It's amusing, but like to me, it doesn't. Like I said, I know a lot of people I work with that are not white that like IPAs. Okay, fair enough. Like fair the enough. guy that's really into beer that got us those beers last week. Yeah, yeah, he's not white. not a white guy. No, but is, he's an IPA guy. Yeah. Okay, fair so. enough. Fair enough. All right, what do you got for me? Um, I don't know if you're going to bring this up today because I did Probably. not see your notes. You might. I um, had my notes from you intentionally today. Oh, wait. How does that make sense? Anyway. Um, it made sense to me. <laughs> does the uh, Julian Julian Elman suspension matter? It matters for the Patriots. Thinks it's going to. You think it's going to affect the Patriots? I think. Well, okay. So, again, we're a fantasy. Because they didn't use him at all last year. Right. We're a fantasy podcast. And during the offseason, we've done a lot of like NFL news. So I'll take yeah. the fantasy angle on this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's going to affect. I think it's going to cost Brady two, maybe three points a game until he's back. Um, just because it's a different receiver. And it's, you know, but that's again, that's an element's been hurt in the past. I really should go back and look and see how Brady has performed when Edelman has not been there as compared to games where he has uh, and see if there's any sort of difference. Maybe there isn't. Maybe you're wrong in that, but I think it's going to matter. I think it's going to make the offense a little stagnant. And whenever an offense becomes a little more stagnant, all the fantasy numbers suffer. So I think it's going to be a problem. What do you think? Um, I don't think it's going to affect him that much since he didn't have him around last year. Yeah. So, yeah. but you know, who's to say that the other people in the Patriots won't get suspended? Who's to say? Who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> Which was the punchline to a Michael Ian Black joke when we saw him a couple weeks ago. Who's to say it was something that kept coming up and was the punchline of the joke. <laughs> so, all right. all right. Literally minutes before I came over to record with you tonight, I had a phone call from our dear friend, Cinch, who is a side note, by the way. I told him, he was like, you know, if you guys still have any coverage, I'm still willing to do the podcast. I'm like, we love having you in the podcast that one time. I said, heck, we've been even talking about adding a third microphone and and having you as one of the guests use the third microphone. He was like, I'll buy the third microphone if I get to record with you guys every week. And I was like, oh, uh, we're not talking every week, Sitch. Hi, Sitch. Ta- yeah, hi, Sitch. We're talking about cycling guests in and out. 
I mean, I, I, as much as I love you and I want you to be a part of this podcast, and I do appreciate your input, I, I don't want to commit to a three-person booth every single week. So, um, But he did call with a great question that he wanted me to pose. Okay. You heard about the Rob Gronkowski trade, correct? Um, the rumors of him being traded and then Brady saying he won't play if Gronk is traded. Correct. Okay. The the belief from Cinch is that this all this discussion all happened before the draft because they probably wouldn't be trading players, they'd be looking for picks. Wouldn't right. make sense to be doing this. So he thinks this is kind of old news that's just leaking out now. Okay. Okay. That makes sense to me. So for those who have not heard the story, the basics of it is Kraft worked out a potential trade. One of the trade partners was San Francisco. I forget who the other rumor. He loves sending people there, doesn't he? He does. And somewhere else that he was rumored that he was on the cusp of finalizing a deal that would send Gronkowski out the door. Because he loves Tom Brady more than anything on earth. He called Tom Brady and Tom Brady said, if you trade Gronk, I'm retiring. And so Kraft nicks the deal. This is the rumor that is all over Patriots radio, supposedly. Yep. And Cinch said, I want to hear what you guys think about it. I asked Cinch if he thought it was true or not, and Cinch was kind of on the fence a little bit. He said, I could see it being possible before the draft, but I don't know. He honestly goes, I honestly don't know. So, Craig, do you believe that the Patriots tried to move Rob Gronkowski? At this point in his career and the injuries he's had, if I can see Kraft thinking, you know, maybe I can get something for him before he can't play anymore. Right. So... Again, we've talked about this before. The Patriots are going to be around after Tom Brady retires. Right. Kraft is probably going to still own the Patriots after Tom Brady retires. Right. He has to think about the next five, ten seasons mm-hmm. at, you know, max. I'm not sure about it. He's an older, so. Or what he, he has to do with the team, you know? Yeah. So he has to think about at least the next five years mm-hmm. ahead of time. Yeah, and if he- Gronk only has three more good years in him and he had, oh, well, say San Francisco, I'll send you three picks for him. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't he do that? Right. It's never at this point in his career, it is never a matter of if Gronk will get injured. It's always a matter of when. And what will he injure? And what will he injure? He is a tremendous physical talent who is extremely injury prone. I, I can see that, too. Now, the other part of it is you got to think from a business standpoint, what increases a franchise value? To me, it's two things. Exposure, exposure, and your exposure equals your income. And number two is winning, because winning inc- in- increases your exposure, which increases your fan base, which increases the spending, which increases the income. Right. So if you are got good exposure and you get good exposure from winning, your value, your franchise goes up. Ask the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones <laughs> and how much Jerry Jones' Dallas Cowboys are worth in Jerry Jones dollars. <laughs> it, and you'll get that answer. Again, America's team. Right. They're on TV. They're on TV all the time. They're always in the news. Even when they're not winning, he's building gigantic stadiums to keep them in the news. You know, so it's it's that's that's the way you keep your and the franchise is the most valued in the NFL every year. Forbes puts out those values and every year the Dallas Cowboys lead the list. If the Patriots want to move up and stay up on that list, winning is a key part of that. So I can see it. Yeah, I can see Kraft saying, all right, I think. I can help Brady win another Super Bowl, which helps me, helps my value, by trading Gronk. And if that's the case, then he wanted to do that, that's fine. Do I believe that Brady nicks this trade? Mm, I could see that happening. I don't know. I don't know. After the whole kapuffle with the doctor. (laughs) 
<laughs> Who's to say? They all seem pretty mad at each other. So Right. I mean, everybody seems to hate each other. And the rumor, and again, it's all rumor. It's all rumor because now the tight-lipped nature of the Patriots is coming back to bite them in the ass. Okay. Their ass is in the jackpot now. <laughs> and there it is. That was a dare for me to find a way to work that phrase in. If you have not seen the Terry Collins meltdown on sportsillustrated.com, go watch it and find out that that is an actual phrase used by an individual. <laughs> All right. The Patriots, their ass is in the jackpot now. They have, they, I don't even know what it means. And I used it. Yeah, you know, I followed baseball for a long time. I have yeah. never heard anyone use that phrase. And the reason Craig's chuckling is because he dared me to find a way to use <laughs> I it. Did. He, he did it pretty well. I, I couldn't believe I did it. I still don't know what it means. I don't know if I did it well. I have no idea what it means. <laughs> How could I use it? I'm completely using it out of the context. I have no idea what it means. It could be something about soup. I have no idea. <laughs> anyway. I don't remember what my point uh, was. Patriots. Everyone hates each other. Tight-lipped. Yes. Okay. So the tight-lipped nature of the Patriots organization, where they never say anything officially, is now coming back to bite them because now all the rumor is circulating. And because Bill Belichick's media skills are about the same as a toddler's. Right. And he never answers anything. To before now, that just was like, that was the, that was the killer of conversation. Now, it just fuels speculation. So it's it's a different time and era for the Patriots, and they're in a dangerous spot. So I don't know. We'll see what happens there. I I I mean, obviously he's not going anywhere now. If I were Rob Gronkowski, I would go out there and I would make sure whatever happened to me, if I had fingers falling off, I would still make sure I played all sixteen games this year. I would get myself on that field, keep myself healthy. I would do everything in my power to make sure that I, I get past this year. So. Yep. All right, moving on. Moving on. We have news and notes of the NFL. Mini camps are in full swing. Let's start with the folks who aren't there. We talked a little bit about this last week when it was voluntary mini camps. Now that the mandatories are starting, there are some folks that are uh, not present that are an issue. Why is this not working? Time for Windows updates. Of course, you know, that would be my life. That would happen here. (laughs) Okay, so 98.5 out of Boston published a list today of notable players that are not at their mandatory minicamps. All right. Um, I'll just go down the list and I'm going to shorten the list. So Julio Jones, Aaron Donald, who is a defensive tackle from the Rams. Don't really think he has a fantasy value by himself, but okay. David Johnson from the Cardinals. Okay. Earl Thomas from the Seahawks, which is somewhat um, interesting given their situation. Khalil Mack, the linebacker from the Raiders. And the Titans left tackle Taylor Lewin. The big ones to me are Jones and Johnson. Okay. Tell me about what you think about this, because I have some strong (laughs) opinions about this. Is this a good idea for them to be holding out? Does it hurt their fantasy value for you? Let's start with Julio. Uh, Julio. Now, is it because they want to renegotiate their contract? Oh, yeah. Okay. I should specify that. So they're in the last year of their contract. These are all guys who are holding out specifically until their contracts get reworked. Um, I mean, I, I would have to look at it as how long they're gone for. Cause we've had guys sit out like till the seat, you know, until after the season starts, I think it's like week three or four. You have to report by to get a year's worth of um, service yeah. in terms of the seniority rules. 
So you got to figure, okay, so maybe Julio Jones misses two so or three Julio games. So Julio Jones, like maybe? our draft comes up and Julio Jones isn't Yeah, presume, presume we're, at, we're, on, we're on Labor Day weekend because we draft late. We draft a week before the season starts in our live league. It is Labor Day weekend and Julio Jones has made it clear, I will report the day I absolutely must to make sure I get a year of seniority. Until then, because they have not dealt with my contract, I am not stepping foot on that field. How does it impact his value for you? Uh, for me, in our season long, it drops him. How severely? Um, I'm going to say probably, well... Does it take him out of the wide receiver one range? Does it drop him outside the top 10 wide receivers? It does for me. Okay. It does for me. It makes him an 11 through it's 20? Too, yeah, it's too much of a risk to waste a... Waste a pick. I don't want to say waste a pick, but chance a pick on someone that may or may not show up by week right. four. Right. I, I kind of hear that. I mean, um, my wide receiver rankings are coming out next Tuesday. Uh, a quick plug, because by the time you hear this, my running back and quarterback early um, rankings will be out on our webpage, fignutsdfs.com. We're going to talk a little bit about them in this podcast, too, if we have time. Uh, but yes, um, I I have him I think right now at number two, I want to say in my 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 rankings, and I think he would probably drop to seven or eight, um, if he were going to hold out at the beginning of the year. What about David Johnson? Yeah. Mm, um, I'm gonna group him in with um, see his other problem, and again for me, is his injury history. Right. So for me, he he's if he didn't get hurt. He's in the he's the first round pick clearly. Right. For me, I would go after other running backs, especially to, if he hasn't been signed yet. Right. You have to remember that the last time David Johnson jogged off a football field in a meaningful game was oh, December under his own power. <laughs> under his own power was December of 2016. The last two games he has played in. Well, I guess technically he ran off with a wrist injury. Okay. The last time he has left a game feeling healthy was December of 2016. If you can't stay healthy, and I get it. I know that Twitter troll's ears are burning right now. I get it. It's a wrist injury that kept him out most of 2017. I get that. But if you can't stay healthy and then you hold out, I am not renegotiating with you until you come back yeah. And play, and he's going to have a new quarterback he's never played with. Before. Right, Arizona is not exactly a talent bursting team this year. It's basically Larry Fitzgerald who's getting <laughs> old. Larry himself will tell you he's the classy he's, guy. He's Talented a classy guy still. and running down um, in years. But uh, it's it's him and David Johnson, and there's not a whole lot around them beyond that, in my opinion. So, I mean, from his point of view, oh well, I deserve to be paid for what? The last two times you've played games for us, you've left with injuries. Why should I why should I why give sh- you a new deal? Yeah. Come back, you go ahead. You sit out games one through four this year. You come back in week four or five or whenever it is the hell you have to report, and let's see if you can play twelve out of twelve games. And not be hurt. And not be hurt. Because I haven't seen it. No. I haven't and that's my problem with him. No one is saying David Johnson isn't immensely talented, because he is. He's yeah. immensely talented. But he has not stayed on the field. That's why he's not. He should be the number one ranked overall running back um, across most fantasy boards. But he can't be because he can't stay on the field. Right. And that's where it's not. 
in a 16-game head-to-head season, I'll take him over Gurley. But I have no faith he's going to play 12 games this year out of 12 eligible games, let alone 16 out of 16 if he reports to camp. I just don't have the faith in him. So I can't do it. No, me either. Can't do it. All right, so they moved, They both moved down your list. I have David Johnson right now. I believe he's in my consensus list. He's number three. Okay. Does this move him out of the top 10 for you? I wouldn't say he moves him out of the top 10. So he's still an RB1. Yeah, but if you're... See, because our league, again, is weird and really customized, but if <clears throat> in the first round, I would not draft him in the first round of our draft. Okay, well, let's let's play that game because we're going to talk about the, the running back rankings at some point anyway. I'm going to open my projections right now. Okay. let's. I'm just going to go down my projections. Here comes Excel opening on the tablet. Hello, Excel, which really wants me to talk about tight ends. Every time I go to this, <laughs> it automatically goes to my tight ends tab, and I'm not talking about tight ends until next Thursday. So, um, okay. I am going to read off my list in okay. order. All right. You tell me David Johnson does not report till week four, but the potential to play 12 games, where does his value finish? It's kind okay. of like the reverse of that cliffhanger game from uh, Price is Right. Okay. Instead All of right. the yodeler moving up the thing, <laughs> instead of that, this guy's falling down. Okay. So at number one, I've got Gurley. Okay. At number two, I've got Le'Veon Bell. And again, same situation. Le'Veon Bell is talking about not showing up for camp. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get into the drama that's the Steelers eventually. All right, so I've got Johnson at three right now. Okay. All right, so sa- scenario, does not play till week four. Number four on my list is Zico Elliott. So he falls past Zeke? Yes, for me. Yes. Uh, well, you, yeah. I just want to say, you tell me where he lands. Number five is Kamara. Uh, yeah, I have a soft spot for him. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's like an automatic, uh, six is Saquon Barkley. Mm, I would consider Johnson over Barkley just because I haven't seen Barkley play in the NFL. Okay. Eight is, uh, seven is Kareem Hunt. Mm, I put him ahead of Kareem Hunt. Okay. So he, that's where he lands then. Yeah. He lands somewhere in that six or seven area for right. you. Right. From the three spot in my list. Sorry. So he draws about three spots. Okay. Not bad. Not bad at all. So, all right. So, um, by the way, by the time you're hearing this, this article will be up on fignutsdfs.com. So you can go ahead and take a look at it. It's in draft right now, but it will be up. So, um, all right. So I'm going to, I want you to take the top five running backs I listed. Okay. Gurley, Bell, Johnson, Elliott, Kamara. Who's the bust? Who does not finish in that top five? Um, One more time. Gurley, Bell, Johnson, Elliott, Kamara. I'm going to say it's a toss-up between Johnson and Bell. Because for me, the, well, I guess we can get into this later, but there's way, way too much drama going on with the Steelers that I do not want any Steelers yeah, anywhere I, near my teams anywhere. It's bad right now. I mean, I, I, I know there's a lot of pundits out there, Steeler fans, and and um, one of them was like, 14-2, and two, baby, 14-2. and two. I'm like, I don't know. 10-6, and six, maybe? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> He's got them winning like their first six games. All right. If they come out of that first six games with anything less than five wins, there's going to be questions. Even at four and two, people are going to question them. 
God forbid if they're three and three or two and four, the wheels are going to come off. Yes, and they're really going to hate each other. The wheels are going to come off. Antonio Brown is openly questioning where Le'Veon Bell is. Other players on the team are openly questioning where Le'Veon Bell is. And now Antonio Brown is saying he doesn't have to be there when he doesn't want to be. Right. <sighs> Did you see what he said? No, go ahead. That's a quote. I, he put out a tweet. This is probably the tweet, uh, right? Well, this is his... Uh, he was inter- being interviewed by someone. Okay. Uh, and he he told reporters he's under constant pressure. This is what he said. He said, oh, yeah. I can't go nowhere and work out by myself. Fans come up to me at the field. I can't do anything normal. I can't do nothing normal. You guys write about me every day. My mom and kids see it. So we have to deal with these types of things. I started to think to myself, am I really free? I can't really express myself in this game. I can't really tell you how I feel. You guys make the pressure to put you guys make the pressure to put pressure on me all the time. Am I really free? I got to asking myself in the regards to taking time away from my kids. I had to get away and free my mind. Now, first of all, I hate to tell you. Yeah. If you are one of the superstars of the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have a private life. Hate to inform you of this now, several years into your career. Yeah. But yeah, you don't have a private life anymore. Here, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him and it's some advice. If Antonio Brown, you can get free right now. Retire, grab your kids and family, and move to a retirement community in Arizona like Randy Moss did, and you can disappear. You can also stop getting paid to play professional football in the process and lose any endorsement deals you have. This is part of why you make so much money. Is the limelight is always on you. You can't have one without the other. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Why did Barry Sanders walk away from the game at such a young age? Barry Sanders was like, what, what, 29, 30 years old? Yeah, he, was, he wasn't any more than 30. He had signed a deal like a year or two earlier. He had like two or three years left on his Lions deal, and it was a fantastic deal. He was happy with it, and he decided he'd had enough. Why did Jim Brown walk away from the NFL? Jim Brown walked away from the NFL because he found being an actor to be less of a stressor than playing in the NFL. In terms of limelight and being in the public eye and everything, guys make this decision all the time. And guys make this decision that they want to play as long as they can to stay in the limelight all the time. This is the deal you make. This is the life you have chosen. You have to walk away from it if you don't want this kind of attention. And I'm not going to feel bad for Antonio Brown Going out there and saying, man, I can't go out to a restaurant with my wife and kids. You have chosen this. This is your chosen profession. Yeah. If you don't want this level of then fame, don't do it. then you can then change stop. profession. The end. I don't want to hear about how hard it is on you for this because this is not, this is a self-imposed issue. That's a good, that's a good phrase for it. That's all I'm going to put as. It's self-imposed. Yes, you knew this was the case. You were taught this in the rookie symposiums way back when, when they talked to you about everybody's going to want a piece of you if you're successful. This should not be shocking to you. And if it is shocking to you, then you did a piss poor job of paying attention when you should have been paying attention to what people were telling you as you were coming up through the ranks. Okay, your ass is in the jackpot now. (laughs) Learn to love it or walk away from it. But the choice is yours. 
You, yep. you I mean, the freedom like is Planet. yours, <laughs> but it comes with a cost. No decision comes without consequences, and that's what you have to weigh. If your family's privacy and your ability to sleep at night without worrying about a fan driving by your house screaming stealers from a pickup truck is so important, and I can understand if it is, then you have to make the decision to walk away from the game. And that's up to you, man. That's up to you. But as long as you continue to be a wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you keep cashing their checks, you will be the subject of scrutiny. As long as your team behaves the way it behaves, where it showboats, and it makes fun of other teams, and its players complain all the time they're not paid enough or don't show up for camp, you are going to be under scrutiny. This is how it works. Yeah. Do you think that Robert De Niro, who walked out onto the stage of the Tonys last week and decided to make a political statement with a word that I will not say on this (laughs) podcast, thought to himself, you know, they might write about this. Maybe, maybe I should. No, you know what? No one will notice. You walked onto national television and dropped an F-bomb in a political statement. You knew what you were signing up for when you made that decision. Yep, exactly. So I, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to come across as insensitive, but I have no <clears throat> pity here. Can you imagine if he played for the Jets or the Giants and made this statement? In, in, in New York? Forget it. To be over. <laughs> Forget it. Well, also, again, again, New York has not. New York loves a winner. Eli Manning has survived in the fact that he's got two Super Bowl rings. True. You know, I mean, what did Eli do last year? He was terrible. I don't know what his QBR was, but it was, was bad. But he walks into a deli and goes, hi, Eli Manning, two rings, and he gets a sandwich. Yeah. That's you know? true. So I'm sorry. I'm not going to feel bad for him there. I'm just not. No, hell, me either. I'm just not. All right. Back to the money backs. Yes. All right. So I agree. David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, because of the holdout potential, are both uh, are both my big potential scraps. Six through ten. Okay. Which of these guys has the chance to outperform and end up in the top five. Okay. Barkley, Hunt, Fournette, Cook, or Gordon? Ooh. Um, I don't know. Barkley's a big question mark. He's like, he very easily could wind up being a, in the top five running backs at the end of the year. Or he could be in the bottom 15. I don't know. And that's why this part of the list was very interesting to me. All five of these guys have major question marks around them. We haven't seen Barkley play NFL ball yet. No. Kareem Hunt, change of offensive coordinator. The rumor is they're going back to a more Andy Reid style offense, which was innovative 20 years ago. Now it's predictable. Leonard Fournette. Paper mache ankles. Right. You might as well play the theme from MASH right now when he runs down the field. Uh, Dalvin Cook, fantastic start, but a major injury last year. We need to see how he shakes out. I mean, he could be a top five predicted back, but again, we don't know what he's going to do. Melvin Gordon. Last year was the first year since Melvin Gordon joined the San Diego Chargers that he played 16 games. He's been injured. Well, the first year they kind of held him out, like the first three or four years for three or four games to get him acclimated. But since then, he has missed at least some time every year. Last year was his first thousand yard season. Let that sink in. That's that sink in. Thousand yard rushing season, I should say. 1,000-yard rushing season. I mean, combined yards, he was up there because he catches a lot of passes. But again, we don't know what is going to come for him. You know, So how reliable is he? And if you want to keep going down the list, 
the reliability factor doesn't get any better. LaShawn McCoy is 116 <laughs> years old. If he rushes yeah. his age for you every game, then you are going to be in a fantastic oh, position. Definitely. Christian McCaffrey, I don't know what they're going to do with him. He's going to go back to catching. And that's He's okay in the PPR. He's going to be a receiving running back. So if you're in a PPR league, McCaffrey's a good choice. Right. Devontae Freeman. Who knows? Well, Tevin Coleman's supposedly getting a larger share of the role there. They're supposedly diversifying. I don't know what to th- say about that. Jarek McKinnon had one good season, cash to check, moved teams. <laughs> I have no idea what to think about Jarek McKinnon. Nope. No clue. Joe Mixon. I am tired of thinking about Joe Mixon. I mean, he's only one year in, but he is Mystery slowly injuries. He is slowly evolving into that Ryan Tannehill of running backs where I'm waiting for that breakout. Something's going to happen. And you know who loved him to death last year? Who? John Hansen, the fantasy guru. Every week, virtually every week on Sirius, he was on there talking about, I think this could be the big week. Yep. And I mean, when they would have a tough matchup, he'd be like, I don't think this is the big week. I mean, if he has a couple catches, good for him. And then he'd have a really favorable matchup, like against the Browns or something like that. And he'd be like, this is it. This is the week where yep. Mixon go bust loose. We uh, only knew that Mixon was hiding an injury from everyone. Right. I mean, again, where do I, where do I stop and say, okay, here's reliability? Because I'm already through my top 15. And in the 6 through 15 ranks, there's question marks around every single one of these guys. So I don't know who I elevate. I would love to elevate Joe Mixon, and I do think he's going to be a fantasy value, but... We have no idea. Right. So last question about the running backs. And again, this is my early early rankings. We will redo the rankings when we launch Season 2 in July, and you'll get my real uh, solid rankings then. I want to tell you the bottom five running backs on my list. I rank the top... Bottom five. Okay. I rank the top 27. So I bet I just do the bottom seven then. Okay. Which of these guys is the mega value that you would want for a sleeper? Okay. And I'm reading bottom up here. James White, Rex Burkhead, Marshawn Lynch, Chris Thompson, Darius Geis, Tevin Coleman, Lamar Miller, or Deion Lewis. You've got to gamble on one of those guys. I'll give you the list one more time. Okay. James White, Rex Burkhead. Marshawn Lynch, Chris Thompson, Darius Geis, Tevin Coleman, Lamar Miller, or Deion Lewis? Which one are you Where's gambling Deion on? Deion Lewis now? Tennessee? Tennessee and Lynch is still in I don't know where Marshawn Oakland. Lynch is. I don't I don't care to know where Marshawn Lynch is. I would have to say He's Deion. in LA. I'd have to see Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis, because you think the Tennessee transition will be good for him? I can I see so. that. I can definitely see that. So all right, that's our running backs. Uh, let's jump back to the news for a second, just because there was something while we're on that that topic. Speaking of the Tennessee Titans, DeMarco Murray, former he's, Tennessee Titan. He, oh, where'd he go? Oh, he's oh no, they caught him. Oh, oh, they I'm let him go him again. Anyway, yeah, but. okay. He got an invite to work out for New Orleans this week. Okay. And said no. All right. Are you ready for why? Okay, why? He did not want to have to compete with other running backs in the tryout. If he wanted the tryout, it wanted it to be just him. That's not how tryouts work. The rumor is... <laughs> now, one of the other people invited to this tryout was Jamal Charles. Oh. The rumor is he did not want to be on the same field as Jamal Charles because he doesn't think he's going to outperform Charles in a competitive set setup like that. That's the rumor. 
All he said was, if you guys want me to come and work out, I'll come and work out with you, but I don't want to work out with other running backs. I just want to work out by myself for you. Hmm. Smart for a guy who's unemployed to do? Uh, maybe, unless he has other you know, voicemails waiting for him. You think if he had Which other he voicemails at the start of camp, he would have answered the phone already? You would think. Um, yeah, so I don't know where he... I mean, there's a few teams that could use a backup running back. God, I love this beer. We need to go get more of this. <laughs> what are we doing after this? Let's go more beer. <laughs> I think it's, uh, again, I understand there's probably a pride part of it, and maybe he doesn't want to go to New Orleans. and doesn't want to say it. I mean, New Orleans is looking to buy time until Ingram comes off of suspension. Right. That's essentially what they're looking to do. So, I mean, you're walking in, and say, you're basically in the back of your head saying, I'm only going to be here for four weeks. I'll be back in the same situation. I'm better off waiting for an injury to happen yep. and then stepping in for the rest of the season. That might be the case. I don't know. I'm, But I'm a big fan of when I'm unemployed, taking a job that's offered to me. True. I mean, I mean unless he's um, you know, seeing who gets hurt week one. Right. <laughs> I said in my running back rankings, because I have Kamara at five, if you have Kamara, you absolutely have to, if you have the opportunity, you have to handcuff Ingram. And because of the suspension... You can do so at a very reasonable price. You need to kind of look at the ADPs and see how far he's falling down when you go to sit down and do your draft. But you should grab Ingram because if games one through four go poorly for for Alvin Kamara in any way, shape, or form, you know they're going to turn to Ingram. Yeah. If Ingram steps on the field in week five and dazzles then we are right back to the timeshare role we had last year. Now, fantastically, they were both top 10 running backs last year in the PPR. I don't know that's going to happen again this year. Kamara has a tremendous opportunity here to become the premier back, and you've just got to make sure that he does it. Yeah. I know you love the guy, and I I I think he could do well, but, I mean, sophomore slumps happen. So, all right, so that was the news out of New Orleans. Uh, speaking of Mark Ingram, let's transition to him. Uh, he did not attend voluntary minicamp, so even though he is allowed to under the uh, suspension terms, he chose not to attend uh, when people said to him, is this an issue with your contract? Because that's the in vogue thing to do today is not show up for work when you have a problem with your contract. Uh, he said no. He just found that seeing as he couldn't get the reps uh, that would help the team anyway, he decided to work out with a strength and conditioning ho- coach back at home. The team knew he was going to do this. Nobody said to him it was an issue. Good idea, bad idea. Is it better Um, to let them really exercise the other RBs and see where they're at? I mean, you're taking a risk. He's taking a tremendous risk. Yeah. He's taking a tremendous risk. He may have no job when he comes back. He may have a job sitting on the bench. Yeah. Or what do you do if you hurt yourself and you're self-training? Yeah. Yeah. I believe him. I don't believe this is a contract issue. I believe he has every intention of leaving New Orleans at the end of this year. I think in his head, he's going to serve out his suspension. He's going to come back. He is going to try and pace Kamara as much as possible and make them make himself look like uh, an expendable resource and then try to go somewhere else next year. I really do. That's what I think he's going to try and do. But I don't think it's contract related at all. Agreed. Okay, let's see. What else we got? All right, let's talk about your Bengals. Oh, what about him? Tyler Eifert. Yes. Already missing practice. Yes. 
shows up at the facility in the morning, is there for team talks and team meetings, and then practice time comes, and Marvin Lewis finds out he's not there when one of the reporters says to him, hey, Marvin, where is Tyler Eifert? The response was, Marvin Lewis looked across the field, and when he realized he couldn't see Tyler Eifert, he said, I don't know. Yes. What on earth is going on with the Bengals? He has some uh, medical di- condition that he's getting tested he for. He told them he was completely healthy when they resigned him. Yes, that was when they resigned him. But this so, is this is now now. That happened did, then. <laughs> how did that happen? I don't know. So okay, so so let's let's timeline this for a second. Yep. The season ends. Their yep. own doctors say he's completely healthy. He picks up a pen and signs a contract. Right. Between the contract and now, mm-hmm. when he was sitting at home eating ding-dongs, he injured himself or developed a medical condition? Yes. In how, those words. How does that happen? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. They didn't say what's wrong with him. That's maddening to me. That's maddening to me. And this does, again, my tight ends aren't due till next Thursday, but I will, let's, let's, let's tease the people. (laughs) I don't have Eifert very high. Uh, When he's not um, hurt, yeah. I have Eifert outside my top 10. In a year where fantasy tight end is probably the most vacuous roll a dice and pick a random number outside (laughs) of the top two or three. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm looking at the list of guys, and I'm like, there's two names. Who do you have? The, it's Gronk and Kelsey, and I, and Kelsey, I think, is taking a step back this year too because of all the changes in um, in Kansas City. But beyond that, it's it's pick a random number between one and twenty four, and hope that guy does well. You know, I mean, there's names on here I don't even know. I'm assuming they're rookies. Uh, Marvin Lewis says, as time goes on, when we start to play football, that we'll then have an idea of where he is. As to, but that's now, Marvin. That was He said that yesterday. No, this is now. <laughs> like you said, this is now, now. <laughs> you are playing football, Marvin. You are in your mini camps. Yeah. You're preparing for the season. And I don't need to tell you. You know what I feel like I'm, when I'm saying this? I feel like it's you played to win the game. Hello. I'm telling you stuff you already know. This is you playing football. It's not like you had a team dinner at Friendly's and he didn't show up and you're like, don't worry about it. He'll be there when we need him. This is when you need him. He needs to be on the field and he's not. And you don't know why. Right. That's a words. tremendous issue. Do you do you think they know what's going on and they're just being coy? Um, I mean, I think they know now, but um, yeah, I don't um, I don't know. I don't know if it's they just don't want to say it because he's been hurt so much. Because it's all the more reason said, to be to be. It said it said illness, not injury. So, I don't but that's know. all the more reason to be out there and say, okay, here's what's going on. If he has the flu. Then the answer should be, oh, it's nothing big. He has the flu. We're holding him out as a precaution. Right. When you sit there and go, well, he's getting medical attention, that could be a <laughs> hangnail or it could be terminal illness. It could be anything. Right. That is scary. That is scary. 
So, yeah, I don't know. All Us. right. I, I'm going to take a moment from my, my rant to say hi to Deb. <laughs> hi, Deb. I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't get on this Tyler Eifert train. Not anymore. I mean, I even even I wouldn't. I got to tell you right now, th- doing the rankings this year yeah. so far, and this is only the early season rankings. Yeah. This isn't even my final list. My final list will come out sometime mid-July, end of August. It'll continue to evolve as, as we go on. But as I'm making this list, I am having anxiety over these guys. It's like everybody has some sort of dark, terrible secret that may or may not kill their season. Horrible secret of space. Yes, the horrible <laughs> secret of space. <laughs> I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't help it. I can't, I can't deal. All right, a couple minutes left. Let's talk about the quarterbacks really quick. Uh oh, what? Uh oh, crazy to look at his You face. know what I'm going to ask you about. All right, well let's let's talk about my top five first. All right, all right. Let's do the same thing: booms, busts, and and oh, okay. and sleepers. All right, all right. And don't worry, your boy will come up. I know who you want to talk about, and he'll come up. So my top five are Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, and Carson Wentz. Even though he's not officially the starter yet. Yes, that is so. Everyone is big on Carson Wentz this year, except ESPN. ESPN is lukewarm on him, but everybody else is like Carson Wentz for Jesus. Which were so who had that top five is gonna bust? Rogers, Brady, Wilson, Newton, or Wentz? Um I think because of the offseason drama, like Brady has the highest potential. I think I'll disagree, and I'll tell you why. Because Russell Wilson and Cam Newton rely so much on their legs to overcome what goes on around them. A little right. bit less for Newton and more so for Wilson, that I think they have a lot more boomer bust potential. True. That's true. We learned two years ago, if you can contain Cam Newton and he has nowhere else to go, he will make a mistake. Right. We learned that. So what did they do? They got him another place to go last year and drafted Christian McCaffrey. And all of a sudden now there was one more guy you could not commit to Cam Newton because unless McCaffrey went through the line, that was a guy you had to worry about because you could send six guys after Newton and all you had to do was float it over their heads. And McCaffrey would be standing wide open. So I think that's changed a little bit. So I'm going to say as much as I, I, and I was shocked at the Russell Wilson numbers when I was reading them, like over the last couple of years, how he's getting progressively better in a team, in a place where Doug Baldwin is their best wide receiver, <laughs> you know, and I'm not a big Doug Baldwin guy. Um, I think Russell Wilson has the best bunch bust potential. All right. Potential to break into the top five. Okay. Deshaun Watson. Drew Brees, yes, Drew Brees is number seven on my list. I never thought I'd see the day. But so Watson, Brees, Kirk Cousins, Kirk with a K, <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger, and Jimmy Garoppolo round out the top ten in my Who early has season. Has the highest rankings. potential to break move back into and, the top five. Um, with that list, I. Hmm. Um, say the list one more time. Watson, yep. Breeze, yep. Cousins, mm-hmm. Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. Garoppolo. Yeah, out of that list, Breeze still for me. For me, it's Breeze and Garoppolo. Um, I think Jimmy G is going really high right now. He is overpriced. His ADP is way too high. He needs to come down and redraft leagues before I'll start looking at him. But I think he's got tremendous potential. 
Watson is coming back from injury. I have no idea why so many folks are so high on him that he would end up in my number six. I'm not sure. Like, I don't even and know again, where that came from. I Well, it's my thing's a statistical formula. I look at widely available free information out on the internet, and I use a statistical formula, and I say, here you go. A lot of people are big on Watson. I don't think he's going to be that great, but they put him off at six. Breeze definitely has a chance to get up there. Yep. I'm not big on Cousins this year just because he's changing teams. Ben Roethlisberger is the ringmaster of a circus, <laughs> and, and Jimmy Garoppolo has the potential. So now, I know the question you want to ask. I have mystical powers. You do. Andrew Luck is my number 12 quarterback, just okay. outside the top 10, and just behind Matt Stafford, who I think is good. Matt Stafford is one of my picks to be a potential top five. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's your question around Andrew Luck? Um, do you put any faith into the clip of him throwing a ball in practice? It makes me happy, but as I posted on Twitter, it gives me joy, but it moves him to exactly zero spots in my rankings. Right. So this would put him in the same category as David Johnson for you. No, I have more faith in Andrew Luck than I have in David Johnson, <laughs> honestly. Um, it, it makes me happy. It's good to see him throwing. I want to see him go through a camp. And when I see him go through a camp, he's probably going to end up in my top 10. I mean, right now, would you take Ben Roethlisberger or Andrew Luck based on just what you know? Out of those two? You have to think about it at the very least, right? It's not clear cut. Yeah, no, right. Deshaun Watson or Andrew Luck based on what you know right now? Right now, Watson. Okay. Well, at least you thought about that a little bit less. Okay. (laughs) All right. Bottom five quarterbacks. Oh, no. Okay. Who is your flyer? You have to pick it. Let's put it this way. Okay. I'll just okay. paint the scenario for you. All right. It's a bi-week scenario. These are the five guys on the waiver wire. Oh, Matchup independent. Which one do you trust if you need them for one game? All right. Or you, you think they're going to break out this year or whatever. How you want to put it? Okay. Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Derek Carr. Blake Bortles. And there's the answer to the question. Blake Bortles. <laughs> Always Blake Bortles. <laughs> Which president was the 20-thing <laughs> Craig? Blake Bortles. Okay. Trubisky, Carr, Bortles, Dak Prescott, or Pat Mahomes? Ooh, I'm going to have to go with Bortles. I'm shocked. <laughs> I am shocked. I have Bortles at 23. <laughs> I want to think Blake Bortles is going to have a good year, and some people agree with me, but there are people who are, are say he is not going to. His three-year average last year, according to CBS in a PPR league, was 308 points. Two of the three um, free services I look at have him under that number this year in the same system. So they, they have him as regressing. They have him as regressing. So I, I don't know. He is... Who would you pick on that list then? Uh, oh, for my sleeper? Yeah. Without doubt, Pat Mahomes. Without doubt. And I'm a Kansas City homer. I, I get that fully. But I think... He's either going to be fantastic or he's going to have growing pains. And either way, if I'm going to run three deep at quarterback, I would love for him to be my third quarterback. I don't think I'll get him because in our live league, there is a certain owner who shall remain DJ who loves to grab um, (laughs) Kansas City people like a round or two before I think their value marker has hit um, because he loves the Andy Reid offense. He loves Andy Reid and he loves his offense. Um, Every year for the last couple of years, I've had to look at the ADP of Kansas City players I really, really, really want. Like last year, I think I drafted Kareem Hunt in the third or fourth round because I knew DJ was going to look at him in the fourth or fifth. 
So I, and I did. I successfully grabbed him, and it worked out for me. So if Pat Mahomes is going in the seventh round in most leagues, he's probably a sixth rounder in ours. Um, but I think he's probably like a ninth or tenth rounder, honestly, if that. Um, so I'll probably grab him in the seventh or eighth if he's there and I need that third quarterback. Um, all depends on how my quarterbacks shake out. I mean, if I get a stud and a decent backup, I mean, if I get one of the top five, let's say I get uh, Cam Newton, yep. and let's say the backup is uh, Matt Stafford. I'm not, I don't know that I'm going to go for the flyer. I may not need a third quarterback. I feel pretty deep there, you know, but if my choices are and ends up being Deshaun Watson and Alex Smith, then yes, I am probably looking for a third option. So, all right, Craig, final thoughts. We covered a lot of news. Um, we talked about a lot of rankings. We have one final. episode left in the season. <clears throat> wow. After well, tonight, one episode. Wow. So. I don't buy quick. It did. It did. So now we have final thoughts to Craig. Uh, final thoughts for me. Um, yeah, really. I can't believe I won't buy that fast. It's been a year, dude. Yeah. I know it's been a year. I got um, charged for the website again. <laughs> um, I know something really quick you can do. Yeah, what do you got? When you said flyer, I bet you Deb has no idea what that means. Tell her what that means really quick. A flyer in fantasy is a... Um, a boom or bust player that is rated low that has the potential to really go out there and become something better. So, for example, um, Blake Bortles right now is rated as the number 23rd best quarterback on my list. If he ended up in the top 10, that would be a flyer. I'm just taking a shot in the dark. It's a flyer pick. Maybe this pans out. Maybe I end up getting rid of this guy. Whatever it is, it's a shot in the dark pick that kind of may or may not pay off. It's boomer bust, but it's somebody who is obscure or underrated enough or, or, or rated so lowly that I can afford to wait to go looking for them. I mean, I, I know Deb is talking about joining our league, which by the way, we still have a couple slots available for. We're getting ready to finalize that right now. Um, so please reach out to us if you'd like to be in our fantasy football league. It's a freebie. It's nothing special. It's just going to be something for us to do with the fans. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not somebody you would, you know, general, I, the general idea would be if you really want somebody, you draft them really early because you want to get to them before somebody else does. But these are guys that kind of just fly in the background and stay back, stay back a while and you can grab late. So there you go, Deb. That's a, that's what a flyer is. A flyer is a pick that I don't think is going to work out, but if it works out, I look like a genius. So I take <laughs> them late in the game. And there you have it. Yeah. Wait, is that your final thought? That is, okay. because I knew Deb would wonder what that meant. So Yes, indeed. Indeed. Uh, final thought on my end. Things are starting to warm up. Mandatory camps are open. Rankings are starting to come out. Mock drafts are beginning to be run on the major oh, sites. Geez. Go ahead, log on to ESPN and do some mock drafting. Um, the be beautiful thing about mock drafting is it helps generate ADP to prepare you during the season. Average draft position is key. If you really want Andrew Luck, you know Andrew Luck is in the first round pick. Average draft position will tell you where you need to start thinking about him. If he's going 44th overall in 10-man leagues, you need to think about him in the fourth round if you really, really want him. So this is a good opportunity to get out there and practice. All right. Um, my, and my other final thought is just I really like this beer. Thank you to Rhodes and Lawson's Finest for uh, Typecast. Keep making it, um, even though it's... A little pricey per can. I will be glad <laughs> to come up to you guys and, and get them off tap as well. So we will be back next week for the 50th and final episode of season one of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. 
I cannot believe it has gone by this quickly. Maybe Cinch will buy a microphone and join us. I hope not because he has no idea what our system looks like, so he would not be able to patch it in. Um, but we maybe, maybe maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should have like a, a, a reunion show, even though he sat in a one episode in like last September. We want I want to get him more involved in season two. I really do. But we need to upgrade our equipment. It. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to upgrade our equipment to do a lot of things right now, folks. Bear with us. So until next week, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fignuts Podcast. Take care, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.